Welcome into the next edition of Rob and Ben Eat Steaks. This week, we discuss our favorite cuts of steak. Rob, I think we should just kick this off. What is your personal preference for um, favorite cut of steak? Usually, my absolute favorite would usually be uh, an 8-ounce uh, filet is usually my go-to. Uh, nothing a little bit too, too heavy, but, uh, you know, usually a good, like, half-inch, half-inch thick is usually the way to go. Uh, cooked, um, you know, usually to a rare, media, uh, medium-rare is, is, is kind of my, my go-to at this point. Um, you know, I was running for a little bit on uh, the T-bone trend, but uh, I, I just found that it's uh, it just wasn't doing doing for me what it was when we discussed this last week. Nice. Yeah, I, I tend to, uh, my tastes change a little bit. I know when I first started getting into uh, eating steaks and such, I would start off, my favorite was a New York strip. And, you know, seasoned with just simple salt and pepper. That's usually just the way I would go. But now, I'm, I'm more a ribeye guy. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, there's, makes there's, sense. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit more marbling in within, within that cut of beef. And, uh, and adds a lot more flavor. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that uh, one of our listeners did send me a message about was uh, asking me my opinion on uh, using a sous vide uh, with, with steaks. And, and while I, I think that's something that that could be interesting, I heard it does add a lot of the flavor profile. And you're, you're getting uh, that marbling stays together and helps keep that meat nice, nice intact. You get that nice even cook through and all you have to really do is give it a nice sear. But everybody says it, it is now the number one way to to cook a perfect steak. Now, like I said, you know, we, we mentioned uh, all the time on the show um, our, our preferences on how we like them cooked. I, you know, I know you and me are pretty much usually the same as a medium rare. Uh, that seems to be the, the average. Medium rare. Yeah, that's usually yeah, what I go to. Rare. And I, I like ordering, especially if I'm out at a restaurant, I'll order a medium rare because this way, if it's slightly overcooked, I'm still at least getting a medium. Yeah, and that's, that's I kind of think, where where my, my you know, thought process goes i mean like i said you know i again we, we talk about this stuff week in and week out and as i mentioned you know early on you know my introduction to steak was not the best because uh, my my father used to uh, you know char the living hell out of pretty much every piece of meat when he threw it on the grill uh so i didn't really come to this enjoyment uh of of eating steak until a couple of years ago uh, which is crazy because i'm you know in my you know late 30s at this point and uh, which was, I think, why we decided to do the show to begin with, because you being a, a very big steak aficionado and me kind of still kind of getting my feet wet with a lot of cuts. Uh, you know, this has been a fun way to to look at a lot of this. So now, um, you know, now when you get your cut or when you do your cooking, what's your what testing do you usually use for it? Do you do the finger test, which is like in between the thumb and the index finger, like where you're feeling, you know, uh, you know, the flesh of your skin to kind of get that feel. Yeah, that's that's usually what I do. I'll do, I'll do the finger test right on the meat. Uh, I actually learned that from Gordon Ramsay, believe it or mm -hmm. not. Uh, yeah, watching, it's kind of a... Yeah, just watching videos online of Gordon Ramsay cooking his perfect steak. Uh, that's that's usually what that's usually my go to is I'll use the finger, the finger technique. Yeah, between that or looking at the base of your palm, you know, if you're looking and holding, let's say if you're a righty, uh, the bottom of the palm of your hand where you feel the outside edge by your, your pinky finger and kind of feeling, you know, the base of your palm there is how much give it's got there versus up, like, you know, 
underneath the thumb, you know, you, you definitely feel that big change where you can kind of go from like rare to, to well done. And I, I that's still kind of my go to. But normally for me, you know, get get my grill up to usually about a nice good 450 uh, before I throw anything on there about, uh, you know, a four minutes, you know, sear uh, one side, quick flip to two to three on the other side and let stand for a minute or two and good to go. But it's uh it seems to get a, a the perfect mixture. Now, as far as toppings, are 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 you a type of person that adds anything, or do you usually just go steak on its own, let it stand alone? Well, I have to say, um, you know, just getting back, I know you mentioned the grilling part. I'm more a cast iron guy. I, I prefer to cook my steak on a cast iron over the stovetop. Um, but that's that's neither here there nor there. As far as toppings go, um, I'm pretty I'm pretty easy. I, I don't use steak sauce. I feel the the, the taste of the steak should stand alone, uh, and that's why I do a little seasoning, salt and pepper, coarse salt, uh, and fresh ground pepper are usually what I use when I coat uh, my steak, and then literally right into the oil when I cook in the cast iron, I'll throw a little butter in the pan too and baste the steak as I'm cooking, but other than that, I'm pretty simple when it comes to my cooking method. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that made me incredibly, incredibly angry was uh, one of the comments recently on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Robin, uh, Robin Ben Eat Steaks, uh, was somebody recommending to use ketchup on steaks, which immediately we banned them from the page. Um, so uh, remember, everybody, uh, when you comment, um, uh, use your head. Um, you know, that's this is all we ask. We. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Well, Sit. Thanks for clearing a few things up for me. Of course. One more piece of advice? Sure. If you're gonna wear the hood, you shouldn't string John along anymore. Thought I was the one who gave the wise sibling advice. Nope. That has never been the case. I miss you so much. You'll be with me the whole time. What is up, Primers? <laughs> oh, God. Welcome to episode 102 of the DC Primetime Podcast. 
Oh, I was I was waiting to see how I, long I, I we could keep I going. Gone, I actually could have probably gone another fifteen because I was going to say, you know, normally we don't we don't talk about steak sandwiches on the show, but because we're from Philly, we thought, you know, well, let's make this a special and uh, discuss uh, the proper way to cook a Philadelphia cheesesteak. Yes. <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> but since it is April, since we are recording this on April Fool's Day, of course, we wanted to throw a little bit of a prank your way i'm wondering how many people fell for it i'm sure there's a number of people out there especially if you you found us via the the previous dcr podcast um you know it's something that those guys used to do so we decided since they're no longer around we kind of take it up and and continue tradition and and do one of our own since we were recording on april 1st yeah so. i you know we we were talking about doing a full length <laughs> you know like maybe hour long and then after all again all the podcasts from the last couple of weeks i think we're like no let's just open it and <laughs> yeah. we're, let's be done Egg, um, yeah. exactly uh but a happy <laughs> april fool's day a happy easter of course to everybody out there who does celebrate um from the showcast spotlight here on the next level podcast network i am ben beck and from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And I have to say, right off the bat, because of the fact that we, we formatted this a little different, we jumped right into it. You did not hear the spoiler alert in the beginning, but um, I will say that um, just so you know and you are aware, this is a spoiler full episode if this is your first time listening so um ordinarily we do put a spoiler warning in the beginning but because of this we didn't and of course i'm just now realizing that because of the way we're recording this there's no line of the week this week and we had a good one picked uh you know what um maybe what we'll do uh, yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out i'm sure you guys are hearing one before we get into the thick of this we'll, we'll find a way to get it in there somewhere maybe yeah. it'll be a record scratch that cuts from the one thing to the other and then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, Everything's okay. Oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yes, uh, welcome to episode 102 of DC Primetime, the number one rated podcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, by the way. Uh, now, that is uh, that is the case. And uh, I'm extremely proud of that fact. It only took us 100 episodes to get there. But, yeah. Uh, but we got big, there. Big jump in subscribers uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, like, very heavily um, changed uh, changed numbers in subscribing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a lot of new listeners out there. So uh, welcome aboard if you didn't kind of t like chime in back originally at episode 100 or 101 uh, and you've just kind of checked out the other things. You're now kind of getting your feet wet into the shows. This is a great time, um, you know, especially because we're getting closer and closer to the finale. So these conversations are going to get more and more uh, like, you know, evolved as uh, we 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 go through things yeah absolutely and i know it's um a lot in part due to the the great people that we had join us for the 100th uh you know we had conversations with david harewood from supergirl john wesley ship uh ship from the flash uh and finally it took a little bit of time to get it scheduled but tom welling from uh smallville and lucifer and um this is the first time we're getting to talk about it because it, it just happened last week after we had already recorded episode 101 uh I, I did put in the description apologies for the audio quality. Tom's line did drop out quite a bit. His phone line wasn't exactly uh, the best connection. But, man, what a nice guy. Like, seriously, super, super nice guy. His his rep was telling me constantly, well, we want to kind of lean away from Smallville and more towards Lucifer because that's his current project. And the way she was talking kind of gave me the impression that he might not like talking about Smallville. But, man, he had no problem talking about Smallville to me at all 
Um, you know, and I know one of the points of contention about Smallville was the fact that he never wore the suit. He never flew. I know a lot of people in 10 seasons didn't like that. Uh, and we had always been saying that, you know, we believed it was the producers that made that point from episode one, that those things would never happen throughout the course of the show. And I set the record straight with Tom. I actually flat out asked Tom Welling if that was the truth. But you're going to have to listen to the interview to get the answer. I'm not going to tell mm -hmm. you right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess uh, we only have three shows to talk about this week. So uh, I, I know we're, we're trying to get a little bit better about cutting down the length of the show. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we'll so see how that goes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, as you mentioned, only three shows to talk about this week. Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning and the Return of Arrow. Flash still on break this week, uh, I believe returns next week. I believe so. Uh, April 12th, I believe, yeah. is yeah. The, the date that Flash will return. Um, I'm double-checking that. Nope, that can't be right, because that's a Thursday. Uh, so April 10th um, would probably be yeah. the day that Arrow, uh, that Flash returns. But if you're unfamiliar, if you're a new listener and you're unfamiliar with our format, here's how it works. We will go through each of the shows, giving our one to three-point rating, sidekick, hero, or legend, and then we'll go back and we'll break down the shows a little bit and talk about the highs and lows of everything. So starting first with Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 16, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend. Uh, this show is staying in legend territory. I don't think this dipped down to a hero at all. I think there was uh, some beautiful setup um, going into where this is all going to head in the final two episodes. Um, you know, I, I think maybe people may have not enjoyed this one potentially as much as last week. Uh, I think it's really hard to kind of follow up to one of the best episodes of the series as a whole. But still... Uh, man, a lot to love on this one, and I, I think the three plot lines that were kind of revolving through this episode worked flawlessly and kind of came together in the right way. So, uh, yeah, legend again for me. Yeah, uh, it's a legend for me as well. I thought there was uh, it was a lot of the episode was basically just a lot of fun throughout the run of the episode until we get to the end, and we're we're starting to see some big things getting set up for the penultimate and the finale. I'm really looking forward to where they're going. And there's one thing that happened in this episode I'm really looking forward to talking about, and it actually happened midway through the episode rather than the ending. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Next up, we have Black Lightning Season 1, Episode 10, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Uh, this one's getting a hero. Um, I think the reason being is we're now about three weeks of episodes where it feels like we're missing the big bad, but now I also can't tell if the big bad's been replaced. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny because that's exactly my attitude on this episode. Because right now I, I'm just brutally torn i'm like who's the big bad of the season it's having super uh supergirl season two syndrome uh right now i think a great story don't get me wrong absolutely wonderful story and i'm really on board to find out where this is gonna go but i don't know if it's lala if it's tobias or the asa is the big bad right now and um that's kind of confusing me a little bit and um i don't think they're really diving into the overplot as deeply as they need to at this moment uh they're we're getting a lot of slowed down moments but granted this episode much more um uh much more plot driven than we've gotten the last couple of weeks especially with some stuff but we'll get into that yeah uh yeah so i mean it's a hero for me as well i i i'm in the same point i i don't know 
what's going on with the protagonist of this show. I don't know who it is at this point. So it's going to be or antagonist. <laughs> antagonist. You're right. Uh, sorry. Um, the antagonist is, yeah, we know who the protagonist is. Uh, I don't know who the antagonist is in this show as of now, because it seems like it keeps shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know where it's going to end up. We only have three episodes left, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and lastly, we have the return of Arrow, season six, episode sixteen, sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, this was a much better episode than we've seen from Arrow in a while. Uh, but it also was an episode that felt very like unconnected for the most part uh, around the larger, greater threat. Um, and because it was very unconnected to the larger, greater threat, I'm going to give this a high hero. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, right in the same area. Um, a high hero for me. I, you're right. Compared to what it's been before it took its break, uh, this is a much better episode than we've seen in a long time. That's not really saying much, though, compared to the past couple episodes that we have. I still think there's a little weak writing going on in in the episodes. But I will say one of the strong points of this episode, and we'll talk about it in more detail soon, uh, is the goodbye that we got of a, of a character. A very long-running so, character on the show. Yes, so. exactly. All right, let's take it back to the start and talk about Legends of Tomorrow, Season 3, Episode 16, titled I, Ava. Sarah and Ray set out to find Ava when she disappears, and Time Bureau agent Gary reveals a disturbing truth about her. Uh, IMDb gave this an 8.6 out of 10, so that would fall into Legend category if you go by our ranking. But yeah, there's. I think this episode was a lot of fun, <clears throat> at least throughout the course of the first two-thirds of the episode and then when we hit the last uh the bottom of the arc that's when a lot of things seem to seem to change yeah big status quo shifts uh that we're seeing at the very end of this um and especially a character we long thought was probably one of the most level-headed uh about to do something extremely unlevel-headed uh and the ramification i I think that we're going to see from that are going to be massive so very much looking forward to seeing how this is going to play out but yeah you're right um a very kind of uh, classic comic book, a uh, single comic episode uh, that we're getting from Legends with that nice tie in at the ass end. Um, but yeah, that uh, that jump to uh, to find out the truth about Ava finally comes to light. And I think the way that they played this up was perfect because, again, it was the right pairing of people in looking into the discovery. And I think more and more and more as the show in this season specifically has progressed, man, I got to think I got to say the MVP of this season. And I would never thought I would have said this was Gary. (laughs) So (laughs) um, uh, Gary has just been incredibly, incredibly fun uh, just being there and this kind of like voice of reason in a very dumb way. Uh, but it, it's it's been amusing, like him kind of leading people onto the right trail accidentally, and it just kind of works so wonderfully in the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I loved the this reveal where we find out Ava is um, there is many many clones of 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 Agent Sharp. So that's I think that's been interesting to see how this is going to continuously play out. We didn't get a lot of reasonings behind it, but uh, I think the 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 payoff was. Uh, it worked. I think it definitely worked here. To me, out of the the, the storylines that were throughout this episode, the the I Ava storyline, which was the title of the episode, uh, to me, in all honesty, was the less interesting. Yes, um, I agree. It, it it really. I mean, to me, it was more filler of the episode. There, by the beginning of the episode, they're really. You know, or by the end of the episode, when you find out that she's a clone and they escape, you know, 
finding out all of that really had no impact on the continuation of the story. So to me, at least in my opinion, I don't see how it could really impact the last two episodes of this season. I think it was basically just a quick, we, we got a, a quick, you know, um, oh my God, um, uh, rip saying, you know, to erase that file on Ava and not to reveal Sarah to Sarah what it was, but now that she knows what it is, what's really the big impact of that? Well, I think it's because we don't know why um, that is now off the table. That's, I think, the big thing that we, we got that set up because they find out at the end of this episode the only person that could have done this was Rip, and we don't know why Rip did it. So this is definitely going to have some kind of large impact soon, and the question is why and what. Uh, Legends doesn't build up a plot point like this and just drop it for no reason. This was definitely not the uh, the payoff. This was, I think, the hey, there's we had the tease. This episode was the setup. Uh, I have a feeling that, that tomorrow night will be the payoff. So uh, if not in the finale, we'll have our payoff. So I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. But I have a feeling this is a setup to something much, much larger. So. Okay. Uh, I will say, and this was the one thing I did want to talk about about this episode, one of my favorite moments from this episode. And not just because it was a lot of comic relief, but also because it did really change the way we looked at something we've been looking at the past couple of weeks. Uh, I loved the scene with Brandon Routh and Neil McDonough. Uh, the therapy session where Damien Dark was supposed to be beating on Ray. Uh, uh, Nate. No, it Not. was Ray in the chair. Oh, no, you're right. No. It was Nate. No, Nate. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're, thinking, you're thinking a couple episodes ago yes. when it was Neil McDonough and Brandon Ralph. No, you're right. So. It was. You're right. It was uh, Nick Zano and Neil McDonough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Damien Dark beating on Nate in the chair and the therapy session between the two of them. But the one thing I really I really got out of that scene is we'd been saying for a while that we thought it was going to be Nora who was going to be the one that was going to kind of turn for the better and improve things. But now it seems like it's the opposite way around. It seems like it could be Damien that's yeah. going to turn for the better to help the group and put an end to everything. Because of what Mollusk is doing inside of Nora. Right. And now it's making me wonder one of two things. Could Damien Dark be joining the Wave Rider? That's one of the key things I'm thinking <laughs> of. But I'm pretty sure is is Damien going to sacrifice himself at the season's end uh, to stop Mollusk and kind of go out as a somewhat of a hero. Uh, and I'm thinking that's a possibility too and i have a feeling it's one of two outcomes because we've said over and over and over for weeks now that neil mcdonough feels incredibly important to this show now um you know it's two seasons as one of the big bads um and i think that one of those two outcomes is very very likely and i would be pleasantly happy um uh, with either of the two of them my hope is probably now more along your lines where i'd rather them uh bring you know damien dark on board the wave rider to fill another seat and so. i think it would add such an interesting dynamic to have i mean we've seen episodes where the legends have had to work with the the legion of doom in the past like last season and uh, you know I, I think it would add such an interesting dynamic to put a member of the legion of doom on the wave rider with them because obviously we know that Sarah and Damien have their outs because 
you know, of, of everything because of their past. But it's – it would add, again, just such an interesting take on the season if somehow one way or another – because of all of this and the way this is shaping up now after this episode, if we could, in fact, see Damien on the wave rider next season. Yeah, I think there's a high chance that if that was the case, not only that, but the the conflict between Sarah and, and Damien being one thing. But imagine how Constantine and Damien play off of each other. Oh, man. Because that think of that because that would be amazing. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit of news on that, uh, you know, at, at the end of the episode. But um yeah, I, I think this would be an amazing thing. But, you know, like this main kind of connection here where we see Damien willingly talking with 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 Nate about the whole situation, what's going on. It's kind of like, look, I just wanted to rule the world. I didn't want to destroy the whole thing. You know, uh, that it, it's <laughs> it, it, it just fits his character so well. But I love them like staging that fake, you know, fight that, you know, Nora walks in on, which was just just wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They just just constantly just make me smile and make me feel just beyond happy that this show is even just happening on a normal basis and normally, you know, week to week. But, you know, one of the things that we kind of see revolve around the spotlight this week, though, too, is the fact that Kawasa is the one that was the cause for Nate kind of getting captured by the Darks. Uh, And that was in exchange for, you know, Amaya's totem. Which we now see that the totem is back with Vixen, but um, at a fairly large loss, though, by the end of the episode, the reasons to to actually receive that back. Um, you know, we we see the first death of a character uh, that that has happened all season long, and that being... you mean other than Victor Garber? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I missed that one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> my brain tried to erase that because I'm like, no, he, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's Martin Stein. You can't kill him off. Uh, but no, Kawasa's death, though, uh, kind of came as a surprise this week. Um, you know, I didn't expect to see, you know, Mollus rip her uh, rip her totem from her through uh, through using Nora, which was pretty intense. But we now see how that's going to really impact probably tomorrow night, which is going to be all kinds of crazy. Uh, but I guess before <laughs> we go into it, there was another side story, though, that we have to touch upon, uh, and that was Mick and Sari this week. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we see Mick coming into his own a little bit, sort of, uh, being the, the new bearer of the fire totem. And uh, you know what? Again, we talked about this last week, and this was one of those things that we were so set that this was a great way to bring Jax back into the finale of the of the season. And now that Mick is the one that has the totem, I don't think I want to see it any other way. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I want to see Mick come into his own now and and be the bearer of this totem and learn how to use it. And I think wearing the totem when the totems kind of sent out that pulse after Kuasa was killed, um, you know, it we got that quick moment that we saw Zari with her totem, Mick with his, they, they, all the totem bearers felt the death of another Mm -hmm. totem bearer. And I, I kind of think I would like to believe that flipped the switch in Mick. I have a feeling it did. That Uh, maybe he kind of has to, he kind of has to take this a little bit more serious now. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that that was a, for such a quick scene, it was such one of the most poignant scenes of this episode. I, I think you're now going to see a very different Mick when we get into this fight. Uh, but I mean, I will say this, though, the buildup of up until that moment when we were focusing on on him and Zari, uh, just him cooking everything he could cook, <laughs> which was <laughs> um, 
man, I, I, I just Nick Roy is such a fun character in this show. Uh, and man, I, they, they continuously just write him just perfectly. And I, I'm just very, very happy with the direction they're going. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we're going to see a very different Nick come uh, come tomorrow night. They continue to keep Dracula interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you remember from Blade Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> Dominic, uh, Dominic Purcell, Dracula. Uh, so looking forward to next week. We have, we're going into the penultimate episode of the season. And I love the title, guest starring John Noble. Yeah. Uh, you know, Legends must fix two anachronisms at the same time to keep Malice at bay and form an uneasy alliance with one of their enemies. So I'm thinking this could be the Damian Dark team up that we're, we're potentially thinking could go into next season. Yeah, um, most definitely. No, I guess the one thing we didn't go into real quick is obviously when Vixen finds out that her granddaughter Kwasa is killed, uh, takes the jump ship and heads where? But 1992 in Zambezi, because that's where the village is torched. That's where she dies. And I think she's trying to find a way to stop uh, any kind of harm potentially coming to Mari and Kwasa. So really kind of interesting to see, you know, where this is going to go. Yeah. So. And it looks like, yeah, looking at the cast of next of next week's episode or this week's episode, we do see a young Kawasa listed in the cast. So it looks like that's probably exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Because that's where she's going. So, uh, all right. Yeah, going to be interesting. Penultimate and two more episodes left, man. I'm going to be so bummed when this show end, wraps for the season. I will probably just go back and start watching it from episode one and watch the entire season through. I may do the same thing. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have Black Lightning season one, episode 10, Sins of the Father, the Book of Redemption. After the latest killing, Black Lightning works to clear his name and hunt down those involved in the death of his father. Pretty much the synopsis of the past three weeks. Uh, IMDb gave this one an 8.3 out of 10, which falls into legend category by our standards. Uh, but yeah, again, another episode. We've we've mentioned this for the past couple weeks. And our topics, our, our discussions on the Black Lightning episodes are pretty straightforward and quick. Because that's how the episodes have been. And yeah, there, there's normally, if there was a lot there to unpack, but there, there kind of hasn't been. Um, and you know, there's a little bit more here to discuss, but it's something that we were, we knew about last week and uh, nothing was added to that where we, we see those chambers and those people from, uh, 30 years ago in suspended animation, uh, with the ASA, but that was it. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's three things that we got out of this episode, at least to me. And, and if there's anything in additional that you want to add to it, you can, but you're right. We got a little bit more progression with the ASA, finding out what exactly they have to do with green light and these people that are in suspended animation. We got more with Jennifer developing her powers. We did find out something interesting about her abilities as well that makes her set apart from Jefferson. Uh, and we got... A, a little bit more of Lala. We did find out that there was other people that he could speak to, which we knew was kind of going to be the case. But that also leads us into our topic that we were talking about earlier is who was the real antagonist in this season? This episode, I'm, I'm just going to kick off with this. This episode made Lala, to me, more imposing than Tobias. Yeah. Uh, I'm more afraid of Lala than Tobias. Uh, yeah, right now, Tobias just feels like... Um... Just a crooked politician that is very strong. He feels like kind of he's becoming uh, more of a third rate uh, Wilson Fisk. Yeah, um, he's a a secondary kingpin. Yeah, and that's really what he is right now. And I think the reason is as they were making him a more and more imposing villain and you see the death of his sister, 
uh, you know, a couple episodes back. We haven't seen him since, um, which was maybe not the right move. Uh, that's what I want to see him. I want to see him gun on revenge now. I want to see him hunting Black Lightning. Having the ASA go after Black Lightning at the same time, too, adds another wrinkle to it where you can see these these plot lines con- converging. Uh, but we haven't seen him since that moment, which is now three episodes. Um, and for a show that's only 13 episodes long, yeah, we didn't even get introduced, really, to Tobias in full until episode two. So I, I, that... It doesn't give you a lot of time to show us why he is this imposing, imposing villain. And uh, you have Lala in the mix now that we're asking a thousand to one questions of why he can speak to ghosts. Now, it seems like he's obviously a meta um, that the people that he's responsible for their deaths become ghosts purely to him or he bonds with them in some way, shape or form. Um, but we kind of see him kind of amped up though strength-wise this week you know, we see him tear somebody's ear off that's not a normal thing you can do <laughs> no no not at all and i think there's i think there's more to lala than just speaking to ghosts and the reasoning why behind that is as you mentioned you know he does physically rip somebody's ear off in this episode but there's also the scene where um i think i, I don't remember the name of the character but one of the characters he was speaking with had the gun in his shoulder and every time he pulled the trigger the gun misfired yeah that's some kind of influence by lala that's not coincidental there's something more to his ability that we have still yet to learn right and that's i'm at a loss i have no idea (laughs) yeah Um, again i mean we're we're still we're 10 episodes in three episodes left in the season and we're still learning so it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out and how they're going to fit this into just three more episodes. Yeah, they they got a they got a lot of work. I think they have to do, or they've got to find some ways to streamline some stuff right now. Because, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's a detriment to the show because hey, here's the thing: maybe that means you know the ASA stuff is a setup for where things are going to go next year because I let's be honest this show is definitely going to get a season next year I I don't think that's any question in our minds at this point in time Um, and it could be a big setup for the next chapter to the story and I I am perfectly fine with that perfectly okay with it but I think uh, maybe introducing one too many things right now where I think they need to kind of slow down stay focused and kind of finish up the storyline so yeah and that's and that's the part of it now as far as the the asa storyline goes we did get an interesting piece at the very end of this episode in that the asa now knows who black lightning is right at least they believe they know who he is they're pretty confident they know who he is us as viewers they're absolutely right yeah, and um, I don't think it's confident. I, I mean, like, are pretty confident. They are 100% confident. Uh, you know, you see the head of that ASA talk to the, as Gamby puts it, the spotter. Uh, you know, we did find out in this episode that the main thing that the ASA is doing is they're recreating what happened 30 years with Greenlight. Um, instead of doing it through a vaccine, they're trying to introduce it through a drug, uh, a street drug. 
Yeah. And just like what Gamby was doing in the past is, as he put it as their spotter, trying to find people that do have abilities for the ASA to capture. Uh, we find out the vice principal of Freeland High. Um, you know, I, I apologize. I don't remember her name. I, I think it's only been dropped a small handful of times um, who we've seen interact with Jefferson pretty heavily at the school is working for the ASA as the new spotter. So which is interesting because what better way to track people using drugs than putting somebody in charge of a high school? Um, you know, where they're trying to push those drugs on to students. So this was a this was a really ingenious twist I didn't see coming. I think we all thought that she felt that there was something else going on with her, that she felt a little dirty when we, we were introduced to her and saw some involvement later. But uh, yeah, this was um, this was a cool twist. So I'm looking forward to seeing that play out. Yeah, me as well. I mean, and on top of that, as you mentioned, you know, the students with the drugs and with green light and, and what have you is... We did see another moment in this where we saw a student taking the drug and momentarily looking like they actually had metahuman abilities. So it makes me wonder if whatever this drug is, is this something that um, could in a way – I mean because we do know that they are – from the past of the episodes, we do know that they are related in one way or another. That this antidote is you know, from – that the ASA was working on and that uh, Gamby was working on is kind of related to the green light drug. So is this in a way what could have, what could have, or could in the future create more metahumans? Yeah, I, I think this is exactly how we're going to get more metas. Cause you think about it this way. I mean, this story definitely is coming together because the ASA had their connections to lady Eve. Lady Eve is the one pushing green light and getting Tobias to be the one to push the green light on the street. So there's your connection with all of that. Lady Eve is killed uh, because of the ASA, because they want to set up Black Lightning, because that's what's stopping this green light from being pushed on the street. They know that he's getting closer and closer into what's happening. Uh, Gamby's now trying to undo still wrongs from the past, but still having some form of respect with Lady Eve, which that meant that was keeping the Pierce family safe. So we see where all that connection is. Lala is somebody that's kind of trapped in the middle of all this. He was just a normal drug runner that got connected to the wrong people, not knowing what was going on and was now is being directly impacted by the fact that green light is taking over his drug trade. So it, it's very interesting to see because it makes sense on what is indeed happening. Like I am fully understanding of why these, all these plot threads move, but it, it like still kind of relates back to what we were saying at the top of this was, well, I still don't know who is the biggest threat right now. And while that's a good thing, maybe, um, I think right now, because we only have a handful of episodes left, uh, it's also a little worrisome for how this is going to wrap up. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm in complete agreement with that as well. So uh, I think the only thing really left to talk about is the pr further progression of Jennifer and her abilities. Uh, you know, whereas we found that Jefferson kind of takes in lightning to become black lightning uh we're finding out now throughout by the end of this episode that jennifer is really a generator um, right she puts it out yeah that jefferson siphons where she creates yeah so it's almost like the plus and minus of the battery it's like the acdc side of of electricity right you know where you know jefferson is the one that takes it in jennifer puts it out so it's going to be interesting throughout the course of this because we're still seeing a lot of that real life taking effect where she doesn't really want to be a part of this she mm -hmm. doesn't want to be a superhero she doesn't feel like she has to be a superhero so this is these abilities are being forced upon her but jefferson is still telling her like look 
no matter what you want, you still have to get these abilities under control. Right. Um, yeah. you know, that's that's the given. That's what you have to do. But to see Jennifer suit up and team up with Anissa and Jefferson, it'll be very interesting to me to see if she's the generator and he's the siphon, how the two of them play off of each other out in the field. Right. And in, does that put him at risk, uh, potentially, or her at risk from that? Uh, it's a big question, but I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that play out. Uh, I guess the only thing we didn't talk about here is, again, we talked about those those 30 people that disappeared. Uh, or no, those not the 30 people. It was just the group that disappeared 30 years back. Mm-hmm. Um, finding out, as we mentioned before, that they're in those pods there alive and well from when we found out two bits came to uh, – came to Jefferson because he sees the abduction, but we also find out that he's been tracking shipments through the city. So he was fully aware um, that things were uh, things were afoot with military uh, personnel inside the city and that they're still in the city. So I'm very curious now if we're going to now see these pods up and up and come next season, we've got a lot more metas to deal with, which I think, hey, if you want a great way to introduce some some new heroes into this world, uh, here you go. This is this is how you do it. Yeah, so. no, I th- and I think that's that's a good. Uh, I-, I think that's a, that's a good case too. I think those pod, I'll call them pod people. Um, I I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. I think they are going to become a new group of metahumans, possibly for the second season. That, yeah, um, that we're going to have to deal with. And I think one of the cool things too is if they've been in suspended animation. Man, how how much fun would it to be have one of those pods open and virtual Hawkins open uh, comes out of there and we've got static. And it's a static that is kind of out of time a little bit. Uh, and it's kind of maybe forced to live with the Pierce family or he's living with Gamby, you know, and we see this brash kid uh, that that becomes the static that we know. Uh, that would that was, be amazing. Yeah, it's a, he was it was a kid that was getting his power. He got his powers in the 80s and then got locked away and now has to kind of confront the changes that have happened over 30 years uh, of him just after being, you know, you know, disappeared. <laughs> so. I, I think that could add a really fun dynamic of watching uh, an out of time person also, but also come to the forefront of their powers at the same time. Yeah. So no, and and you're absolutely right because I think we've I don't think it's been confirmed that Static is joining. I think it's just been potentially rumored at this point. And honestly, right now, if there's going to be a hero to join this show, he is a character that should. Oh, he yeah. absolutely should. Yeah, so. absolutely. Especially if he's living with with the Jefferson with Jefferson and the uh, the Pierce family. Because that I would mean, be perfect. Like, yeah, it's a perfect fit for him. Yeah. So, so. Uh, looking forward to next week, we have one of three episodes left. There really is no um, – there's no synopsis. <laughs> there's no <laughs> synopsis in uh, in IMDb, so we're just going to read this week's because that's the way it's been for the past couple weeks. Uh, Black Lightning works to clear his name and hunt down those involved in the death of his father. That's pretty much what it's going to be anyway. Oh. I have a feeling it's just because IMDb doesn't have anybody listing in them, listing them for there, uh, more than likely. So I'm sure we're, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out this week. Uh, all right, moving on to the final show of the week to discuss. That being Arrow season six, episode sixteen, the Thanatos Guild. Nessa Al Ghul returns to Star City to let Thea know that a group of renegade League of Assassin members are planning to attack her. Uh, so. For starters, again, this was the return of Arrow after a dismal past couple episodes before taking the break. We did see, as the synopsis mentions, the return of Nessa Al Ghul. I love it when Katrina comes back to the cast of this show. 
Uh, we saw Colton Haynes return again, but it looks like by the end of this episode, not only is this going to be one of the last times we see Roy Harper and Nessa Al Ghul, we also say goodbye to another longtime cast member of this show. Yeah, somebody that's been around since episode number one. We say goodbye to Will Holland, the Queen. Yes, so. and I think, you know what, I, I think this is something that's been a long time in the works. Um, well, yes, uh, I, I can kind of slide into some pieces from from the news stories where we we were posted on uh i think it was friday morning uh that that will holland was indeed exiting the show uh apparently this has been in the works since season four yeah uh that they were aware that she was going to be leaving so more than likely she had a contract for two seasons um to do x amount of episodes per leading up to her departure so uh that now makes a lot more sense on why we have seen so little of her for the last couple of years yeah and, and uh and man, I got to say it right off the bat, man, there there was a beautiful line at the end of this episode and made me kind of just go. <sighs> and and I have I have to say, too, uh, I've gotten the inside scoop on this from a number of different sources. That final line said by Thea was Stephen's line. Not he was supposed to say it. He added that mm. that did not come from the writers that came from Stephen himself. Uh, and, and my guess is, you know, it's it, she makes the uh, makes a comment at the very end of the episode. I know we're jumping way ahead here, um, but she makes a comment of gives gives him some kind of like sisterly advice. And he makes a line uh, comment. It was like, I thought that was my job. And she's like, nope, that's never been your job. Yeah. Uh, and I'm well, that's like, not the line. I'm, that's not the line I'm talking about. But 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 ultimately, though, yeah. for me in this moment here, it was. <laughs> when that statement was said and I'm like, oh my God, it's so true. We're losing the only voice of reason that was on this show. And I'm like, we're so doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way, but you, you are potentially right. I mean, we even said it in that episode that was kind of like the Civil War-esque episode of the show. We weren't team Oliver or we weren't team OTA. We weren't team outsiders we were team thea because she was the voice of reason throughout the entire episode um and you're right you look back at the past five seasons five and a half seasons of this show and where she played a part she really was the voice of reason amongst a lot of different moments yeah she saved ollie from losing his mind she saved quentin from probably committing suicide or accidentally murdering somebody or just becoming a full-blown alcoholic for the rest of his life uh you know all these little things it was this connection to, you know, uh, you know, Ali and his son, all these little things happened. Uh, but was this just rock of all of this for so long? And man, not having her around anymore is I, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, granted, her role in the season has been very minimal. Absolutely. But her statements that she's made in the episode she's been in have been more poignant than I think any other statements made by almost any other character all season long. Yeah. So I, I will say for probably about the past two seasons, which is kind of the, the time that this has been going on, that she's been gradually working her way out of the show. Um, she seems almost, she seemed almost checked out of, of the show. Like, I don't think she was, performing as well as she possibly could on the show uh, and that's nothing to say that willa holland is a bad is a bad actress i just think again she was kind of mentally checked out at this point she knew she was leaving but going back to this episode 
I think this episode was one of her strongest performances. It was almost, Absolutely. It was almost like, you know what? This is my last episode. I know I'm leaving. Maybe I haven't put into it as much as I should, but I'm going out strong. And this was a fantastic performance by Willa in throughout the course of this episode. Yeah, I don't think we've seen a performance from her this good since uh, episode 100 of uh, Arrow, which yeah. was the crossover from Invasion last year. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Definitely uh, her best performance. I think we've seen in quite a long time from her. And uh, man, they 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 nailed her goodbye. They nailed her plot line this week. Uh, I think they really did a good job without really just abusing it. Uh, they could have, I think, made this dramatically just not hit and just absolutely fall flat. But I think they actually did achieve that. And I think the reason why there was this wonderful shot where you're in the arrow cave and you're just looking at a group of. You see Thea, Roy, Nissa, John, Felicity, and Ollie, and I'm like, man, I miss this. Like, looking at that group of people, and I'm like, remember these days? It's the remember berries of Arrow, you know? Yeah. You, you stare at this moment, and you're like, oh, it used to be like this every week, and now it's not. Um, and that shot, that there was something about just the, just looking at that and seeing that framework, and I'm like, there were there, remember remember the good old days. Yeah, and it's I, I think they need to remember that shot when when they continue on is you need to find a way to capture what that was, and uh, that's something that they're they're not achieving still, absolutely not at all. But I will say though too, not only was this was a great final end cap to Thea, I think this was a really great end cap to to Roy's character too. Uh, I think they they really did a beautiful job of saying goodbye to both of those characters. Well, not only Roy, but also, as I mentioned, too, Nessa. I think it, you, you, we do know now that the three of these characters are going to be continuing on their own journey, uh, you know, with the League of Assassins and, and such. So I think it's safe to say that if we're saying goodbye to Willa, if we're saying goodbye to Thea and we're saying goodbye to Roy, we're also saying goodbye to Nessa. Uh, uh, I, I think we're going to see Nessa still pop back up from here and there, but I don't think we're going to see the other two. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like one of those characters that just when you least expect it, ta-da, ninja, you know. <laughs> um, and I think, too, because Katrina, you can see she always thoroughly enjoys. But I think it, it could be a good long while before we see her again. But I really I'm, I'd be very surprised if we saw Willa or, or Colton um, come back. Yeah. So. Is it just me or has Colton Haynes kind of bulked up? Uh, it looks like he, he put on a bit of weight, uh, some of that being muscle, and uh, even the episode beforehand, you could see he, he didn't look like he was as in good of a shape, but bear in mind, too, uh, you know, Colton stepped away from acting because of some major life things that went on, so it's possible he just he just bulked up a ton. Uh, it, it's possible that when he was not working, uh, you know, he was going through some really viciously severe depression. Uh, a, a ton of things, but yeah, he does look he does look a, a bit different though. But you got to remember too when we first met him uh, on TV back on in Teen Wolf years ago, uh, you know he was still a fairly young guy. Uh, you know it's uh, as he's just gotten a little bit older, you're, you're starting to see that change because it's it's like look seeing an old friend you haven't seen in years, and you immediately you're like, wow, they you know you can see age has a, 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 a age is starting to take effect a bit. So, yeah, but. Uh, because it was almost okay. like there was particular scenes with him and Steven together where I'd be like, where I would look at the two of them and be like, you know, I, I think Colton could probably take Steven at mm -hmm. this point because he's kind of big now. Yeah, he kind of looked like he was built like a bear. Yeah. Um, I mean, and honestly, it's kind of funny, too. It's like I always joke, too, going to this season of Legends when you see uh, Nick Zano and I'm like, wow, he like ate a whole other Nick Zano and is... <laughs> 
become super Nick Zeno now because like he just like was like I hit the gym like every day nonstop from last season to this and I just tripled in size. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colton Haynes kind of did the same. Yeah, it, it seems like he he did get a lot larger. Um, but yeah, I, I, one of the things I gotta say though too with Roy man. Uh, seeing him in the field in kind of his outsider's clothing, though, made me so happy. It was the jacket with the baseball cap. Um, it, it was the Red Hood and the Outlaws uh, Outlaws look uh, of his character of Arsenal. And I'm like, that's perfect. And, and we like, know for a fact that his reflexes are still top notch because he caught an arrow. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was, I think, one of my favorite quick shots in this. But yeah, that was perfect, though. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, seeing him in that in his outlaws look which was cool so yeah so i mean outside of the the whole thea goodbye and and roy leaving and and nessa and all of that what else really happened this episode i mean my only final thought on the whole goodbye to thea aspect of this was i was i was just a little disappointed we didn't get a moment with thea and quentin Mm -hmm. uh, because we do know there is a strong connection between those two characters as well so uh, that kind of got me a little bit, but for the most part, I was still very pleased with the goodbye that the, with Thea's exit from the show. But outside of that, there really wasn't much progression as far as the main storyline goes. We did find out that, um, oh God, and this is going to bug me, the name of the drug. Uh, Vertigo. Vertigo we, is, is, is around, yeah. Vertigo is back around. We do know that Diaz is connected to that. Or Richard Dragon is connected to it. We don't know in what way yet. But other than that, and, uh, we, and we also found out that Dinah and Curtis now know about the the crooked lieutenant within. Yeah, the, or the, it was the, the captain. The, yeah, the new the captain. captain yeah, the SC, uh, SCPD uh, Captain Hill. Yeah, yeah. Captain Hill, uh, which is something we've known about for a few weeks now. So <laughs> yes, so it was kind of there was not like a lot of revelations on the Diaz story. Um, and man, again, they should be focusing on Richard Dragon a lot right now, which they really haven't been doing. All he did was he captured, you know, Roy, uh, you know, in the episode before this. And we were like, yep, he knows about who all these people are. OK. Um, and <laughs> yeah, but and that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think that's the only downside to, of what we're dealing with. Um, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I kind of make that sound nonchalant, like kind of like, yeah, it's OK. Uh, it, it is not okay. <laughs> so they they need to still find a way to uh, to to kind of write some problems right now. And I don't think they have a lot of time left to do it. So, uh, I mean, right now, uh, what episode number was this for Arrow? This was episode 16. 16. Okay, well, eh, you know, we still got, you know, what, eight episodes left? Yeah, about eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I have left to state about this episode, and I'm very interested to see where it goes, and I, I kind of think it's part of the the weak writing of the episode, is we've already seen a big split. We now know, you know, OTA, Original Team Arrow, as split from what we're calling, they haven't addressed them as it yet, but what we're calling the Outsiders, uh, you know, that being Curtis, Renee, and Dinah. But it seems like they're setting up another fracture, that being between Oliver and Diggle. Um, you know, <sighs> we're getting a little bit more of that point of contention where Diggle wants to become the Green Arrow again, and Steven, or Steven, Oliver really doesn't want it. And when it comes to between the two of them, I agree firmly with Oliver. You know, they're a team of two now when it comes to people out in the field. You give, you hand over the reins back, Oliver has nothing to do. It's just a one-man show again. And I don't think, one, Diggle is ready for that. And I, I think they need 
power in numbers, which is what the point that Oliver made. I just don't like the fact that I think they're setting up. There's going to be another point of contention between the two of them. They're going to butt heads over this. At well, some I think point. that's. That's the upcoming episode. I think the next episode's title is called Brother in Arms. It is. Uh, and that's, I think, addressing that situation throughout the course of this upcoming week. So it's a wait and see on how that plays out. But uh, I, I really – not another schism, please. I, that's I, – I don't think I can – my brain can deal with that again. <laughs> so. No. I hope that they, they do this um, in one episode. Like just let's just get it out of the way. And then we can be back to business as usual. But looking forward ahead, like episode 18, the first line of the synopsis is in his darkest place yet. Oliver wonders if he has failed at everything, which makes me think this is not going to be resolved in one episode. There's going to be another split. And Ugh. I don't like it. It's we're we're too far into this, not just this season, but this story to be dealing with this. And yeah, I, yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, by the end of this episode, like my brain, where I was at with everything, because you could see that's where this was heading. You know, we find out, obviously, that, you know, Thea and Roy are not just driving off into the sunset, you know, uh, a la Ali and Felicity a couple of years ago. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My brain will just just recap that moment that moment on screen in my head, and it just made me sad. Because um, <laughs> God, it's such a horrible end shot. Um, it's kind of you know it's it, a side tangent of just recently rewatching all of the Harry Potter films, and at the end of the third f- uh, movie where they do a freeze fro- frame ending, and you're like, why would you do that? And <laughs> of Harry like, on the broom. Yeah, and it's like you do remember what year this is, right? <laughs> so, um, but it, it it kind of. There was a moment of those characters driving off at the end of this episode where I'm like, can I go with you, please? Don't leave <laughs> me here uh, because I want to go on that story instead. I love this idea of now it's not them just having a happy ending. It is Thea's kind of like, no, I can't leave this vigilante life. I'm going to re- do what I can to take over the and uh, repair the sins of my father. No, it and- almost seems like a setup for a spinoff. It did, and I'm like, and I, I'm more interested in that idea of a spinoff that is Nissa, Thea, and Roy going out and, out there trying to track down the three other Lazarus pits because that sounds like an awesome series. I want to watch that. Yeah. But instead, we're dealing with a horrible plot line, and I'm like, no, okay, there's there's probably room in the trunk of that sports car. I will tuck and roll in there if I need to and go <laughs> on that. What I don't care. I. I just take me with you. Um, and that's what it felt like. It felt like this beautiful setup for a better show. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting flustered again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is a good spot to kind of wrap things up uh, with Arrow. Looking forward to next week, as we have mentioned, the episode titled Brothers in Arms. Uh, Oliver and Diggle face their biggest challenge yet. Curtis is disappointed to find out his new boyfriend has a firm anti-vigilante stance. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out. The past couple episodes have not been that great. The writing has been really lackluster. This episode, while it did take a couple steps forward, was not anything that blew us away. So, Hopefully they're not going to take a couple more steps back over the course of the next couple episodes because it's going to be really hard to try and fix that before the season wraps. Yeah, 
Uh, so. I agree. Uh, if I can say one final statement, uh, you just lost your best written female character on the show. Uh, you better fix that quick. Well, I mean, they did. And I don't think that has anything to do with the writing. That's more, that's Willa Holland leaving the show. That's not, they didn't write her off. I think that was her leaving. Well, if, no, if I, I'm, I'm saying is the show now is lacking a strong, uh, a strong written female <sighs> character. Oh, let's make uh, it Dinah. <laughs> no. That's uh, I just gritted my teeth when you said that, so it's okay. <laughs> that character to me has still not. Uh, that that character to me is done. Uh, that um, ever since that point, episode, I'm I'm still done with that character. I'm at a point where I just hate the outsiders as characters right now, and I don't see how they they can fix that. So, well, I mean, this past week I, I did get a little bit of that moment where Curtis asked out that cop that he was crushing on, and he said yes, and I'm like, oh, that's nice, you know, a nice happy moment. But you're right. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's it's really been like, okay, let's just write these characters off. Yeah, and it, it's <laughs> it's what it is. Is it's they're just. They're chaff right now. That's exactly what they feel like in the show at the moment. They're they're not doing, and it feels like they're not doing anything incredibly important with them, uh, with exception with the exception of making them feel like bad characters. Yeah. <clears throat> so agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for the show discussion for this week. Uh, again, next week, Flash is still on break, so we will have the Legends of uh, Tomorrow penultimate, uh, Black Lightning, and of course Arrow to discuss as well but la will turn it over to you and i know there's a few stories out there in the world of dc so let us know uh there's very little to talk about this week in the world of dc uh and that being primarily as we just, just been discussing will holland leaving arrow um and this is what this series uh producers have been saying on this is like we we love willow we love thea the character and we particularly love thea's relationship with ollie uh that said willow came to us at the end of season four and she very honestly expressed the desire to cut back how many episodes a season she was doing uh she's a member of our family want to honor that request that's what happens when you have a show that goes over 100 episodes people start to say hey i'd like to pull back some people don't want to renew their contracts there's a whole host of different things that start to come into play and into the work uh, in the work that you do in that storytelling. Um, you know, they said that relationship was one of the things that we deviated from the comic book early on. It was one of the very first major creative decisions we made in terms of adapting Green Arrow comics for live live action television. So it's always been an incredibly important, critical part of the show for us. Uh, we never want to stand in the way of someone wanting to express themselves creatively in a different way on a different show or through a different medium. So we took Willow's request and took it seriously and decided, OK, well, this is how we ha- uh, this is the hand we're dealt. How do we uh, play it as best as we can and write Thea off in the most emotional and interesting way possible? So uh, kind of harkening back to our statements earlier that she was looking to get ready to start leaving by episode uh, season four. So, um, so yeah, uh, like I said, we say goodbye to Willa Holland, but when Willa Holland leaves, another guest star comes into play. That being somebody we didn't expect to see again uh, for a second time this year, but it sounds like we will indeed see one more time, and that's Colin Donnell, a.k.a. Tommy Merlin, uh, appearing once again in Season 6. It's going to be very interesting to see in what form he appears. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we did find out. Well, no, we did find out this. Uh, This is going to be a flashback sequence that we're going to be seeing. So... Um, so that is all we know. Uh, it sounds like episode 21 of the season is when we're going to see, uh, see his appearance. Um, so it's a wait and see. And, uh, yeah, 
So uh, it sounds like the penultimate or the uh, finale is probably when we'll see that appearance by uh, Colin Donnell. So. That is actually what I'm looking at now. Let's see. twenty Episode 21 airs on May 3rd, and it looks like it will be the second to last episode, as there are 23 episodes this season. Okay. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, that's so third to last. Third to last. Yeah. So very cool to see that he'll be joining the fray. So for at least a quick appearance. Um, also talking about television a little bit, uh, something that we didn't expect to bring up, but it sounds like as everybody is gearing up for the return of Young Justice for season three, uh, another DC show uh, may be returning. And that is one that I think a lot of people are kind of excited about that this may indeed happen. So uh, Teen Titans Go had a panel at WonderCon uh, this past week, and during that discussion, there was some questions about the original Teen Titans series, which Teen Titans Go kind of spoofs uh, through, uh, oddly enough, using the exact same voice actors. And people were wondering, is there any chance that the original Teen Titans series could be coming back as well, either through a reboot or reimagining the cartoon or, you know, maybe even just through a continuation of that show? And they said they can almost guarantee the original Teen Titans is coming back. Uh, they just said uh, they have no announcements to state at this point in time. They wouldn't specify how, but uh, they, they would be indeed returning. Uh, and this was coming through a cartoon network making this statement as well. So uh, very curious to see how that plays off. I'm wondering if Teen Titans go, uh, it, you know, their big screen adventure here coming up uh, during the summer. Maybe if that's a, a way for them to uh, kind of take a bow uh, and wrap up and maybe we'll see a, uh, a new Teen Titans animated series kick off with a new team, which is a high chance. So that's a big wait and see. Hey, man, I'm still just enjoying Young Justice at this point. Yeah, uh, late, to, you know late to the game, but I'm I'm in it. Hey, you know, like I said, uh, you'll be all caught up for uh, later this year. So that's the important part. So, yeah, uh, but I think the last big story is, again, more and more and more rumors. But uh, it sounds like we have been hearing more about the upcoming renewal discussions for the CW shows. Uh, it sounds like multiple sources, including Variety, have said it sounds like it is almost 100 percent fully confirmed. Every one of the CWDC shows, with the exception of one, uh, will be coming back as a renewal. There is one show indeed on the bubble, and it's not a show that we discuss here, but it sounds like iZombie is the on the bubble show right now. So, okay. Uh, but it sounds like, uh, you know, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Black Lightning uh, are all going to be definitely picked up. So that means uh, Legends of Tomorrow will definitely be having a new crew member next year in the form of John Constantine. So. I don't. I don't really think it was. It's a surprise to us at all that the, that all of the shows are being re renewed. No, not at all. But uh, again, you know, uh, this is the first time that we we're seeing major, major, um, you know, reporting sources saying that uh, it, it's all but confirmed. Uh, and there was a chance that one of the one or two of the shows may not return. You know, you never know when shows run as long as certain ones do if this is worthwhile or not. So uh, yeah. it's the question, especially I'm sure because of the budgets for these shows are probably the highest budgets. So um, across everything that there's currently happening on CW. So having five of them, it, I'm sure that's got a tax a little bit financially, uh, but I'm really happy to see it. It sounds like we're going to definitely uh, be returning to all these shows one more time, at least next season. And then we'll see where we go from there. Uh, but oddly enough, that is it for the news. Nothing in uh, the movie land, uh, ex with the exception of last week. We did mention uh, sounds like Soups was making a cameo in Shazam. 
somebody did lighten up that photo. And guess what? That is definitely indeed Henry Cavill clear as day standing in that shot. That was on Twitter. Because, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, sometimes putting filters on things don't help. Um, yeah, people find ways around that stuff. And it's, it is it is a clear as clear as day Henry Cavill standing next to his agent on the set. So I, I think it's I think it's appropriate that yeah. he's that he has a cameo in that film. Absolutely. He, he so. would have to. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, so um, not a lot. I mean, you mentioned not a lot of movie stuff, but I think I think we're hitting a little bit of a lull in that yeah. because they're saving a lot of that stuff for some upcoming events. Right. And, you know, like we're not very far away from San Diego Comic-Con. That's this creeping up, like I said, as we're now entering April. Well, uh, Fan, Fan Expo Canada is also mm-hmm. another big event in which they make some announcements from time to time. And I think that's coming up in May. So we could potentially that might even be April, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, though, ultimately, I have a feeling a lot of a lot of stuff is being saved up for San Diego Comic-Con this year because Marvel doesn't have a big presence usually at uh, SDCC because of um, D23 at, with Disney is where they're trying to bring out most of that information now. Oh, God, so, I was way off. Fan Expo Canada is August 30th through September 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so San Diego Comic-Con, I think we're going to hear a lot more uh, than we normally do, and I think uh, this is going to be a year to watch DC and what they have to say. Well, so. I mean, you think about it, Marvel is pretty much like uh, – th- what do they really have to present other than maybe Captain Marvel – uh, you know, going into San Diego Comic Con this year because this is this is their big year. I mean, between Black Panther and the upcoming Infinity War, uh, really, what do they have? I mean, this is the culmination of their ten year ten year plan. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be the big focus this year at San Diego, and then I think DC is going to try to do something to steal some of that spotlight again. We've been talking about it for a long time. I'm pretty damn sure we're going to see uh, the full announcement of the streaming service uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. I wouldn't Teen be Titans trailer or Titans trailer. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they even say, hey, and it's available today. You know, um, they love companies love doing that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, the culmination of a lot of that just hit uh, during San Diego. Do so. you know what's funny? That you bring that up. This is kind of off topic, but, um, you know, how we got when it came to Cloverfield, we got the reveal that day. You know, Cloverfield, when 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, JJ dropped the trailer and said, oh, by the way, the release is in two weeks. This latest Cloverfield movie, they showed the trailer during the Super Bowl. And at the end of the trailer, it said uh, available after the game. Yeah. All right. Uh, You know, you mentioned D.C., possibly doing that with their streaming service like here's the date of the release of streaming service is now available as of this very moment oh by the way titans is on there like titans is available to watch i came up with an interesting theory uh over the course of last weekend while i was while i was away discussing this with a couple of my friends and this goes into game of thrones game of thrones is getting ready to air their final season next year 2019 but uh, George R. R. Martin still has two books to release, and it has taken him forever. Like, this is the longest that there has ever been a gap between any of the books. Like, by far the, the longest. I think, like, two or three times the length of any other gap. And it made me think, what if he's going to release both books back-to-back right before this season airs? I doubt that. I, I, I don't know. 
from from my wife being a writer, <laughs> uh, no no book uh, publishing house would ever allow that. Uh, it's George R. R. Martin, though. Yeah, but they also know that those books are going to sell, and you want each of them to stand alone and be able to have its time to shine and sell. Well, I'm not uh, saying he's going to release them on the same day. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, maybe within like a month or two of each other. Mm, no, because I understand what you're saying and your your thought process, but uh, a book getting its, I can see, hey, it's coming. You know, this one's out, and when the a year later, when it comes to paperback. Hey, the other one's coming out now. Like that's as about as most as you can see because you want sales on both ends. So okay, all right. Mm-hmm. It was just a thought I had. <laughs> and uh, just from that, like I said, that little bit of insight from you know, uh, my wife is a writer. I, I think I, I don't think we would see much of that, but uh, you never know. <laughs> you, like I said, odder things have happened. Yes. Um, all right. Let's throw out some recommendations and then our cheap plugs and get the hell out of here and enjoy the rest mm-hmm. of our Easter. Um, so my only recommendation for this week, and Rob, I'm sure you can share this one with me, too. Uh, since we last recorded this podcast, you and I have had the opportunity to see this movie twice. Uh, that being Ready Player One. I can bring it up. There are definitely DC ties to the movie. There are a lot of DC Easter eggs throughout the film. Um So it relates to this podcast. So I'm going to say, as my recommendation, if you have not had the chance to see it yet, go see Ready Player One. It is awesome. Yeah, um, and I can tell you this now because it doesn't really spoil much because these are background things that happen. And if you're not paying attention, you won't see them. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled. Obviously, Harley Quinn's very easy to spot in this. Uh, Joker has a very, very fast one. Uh, Batman as well. Uh, but there are other characters in there hiding about, uh, like uh, you'll see there's a beautiful, uh, not full version of uh, Raven from Titans, but a beautiful painting of Raven in the background somewhere. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Quick shots of characters like uh, Deathstroke and uh, Batgirl are uh, definitely seen in this movie, but there are a lot of blink and you miss it. So uh, this is a movie to see multiple times. Yes. Uh, apparently, I've missed a whole bunch of stormtroopers in the movie that are taking place in a big sequence early in the film. Really? And now want to go back and try to find. Um, I missed them too. Then. Yep. Uh, Guess what I'm doing tonight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I might go see um, it again tonight. Yep. So uh, aside from that, though, uh, I do have another uh, recommendation this week, and that is going to actually I take it back. I have two. Uh, my other recommendation is going to be to read Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, that just wrapped up in full this past Wednesday. So that is a big setup for where the DC Universe is going for the upcoming future in comics. If you have been following things on uh, DC Comics website uh, or through pages like um, Comic Book Resources, DCR, which is a great uh, website as well. Or sorry, uh, CBR, not DCR. Uh, but... It, it, you've seen all these new teams that are about to form uh, in the aftermath of metal. Uh, so uh, I haven't got a chance to read episode or issue six yet. Sorry. And I will probably be doing that this afternoon. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, beyond that though, too, Lego or not. Ah, oh, man, my brains is not working today. I'm just thinking about <laughs> steak. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, the last thing too is uh, Telltale Batman final episode came out this past week. I have played it. Ben hasn't had a chance yet, um, but man, that was a, a, a damn interesting finale. So uh, I had Vigilante Joker in mind, and we'll talk about that I'm sure next week. Cool. So. Uh, and I'll add one more quick one too. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, check out Krypton because this second episode uh, kept me a little bit more intrigued and. Um, so far, I'm enjoying it. I don't know if it's a show we're going to discuss, but uh, check it out anyway because it was it's it's interesting. 
It's yeah, an how about this concept? Well, next week, because um, I, I need to kind of refresh my brain on Krypton. But uh, next week, let's talk both. Let's at least talk a little bit about episode one of Krypton, and then we'll talk about uh, Telltale. So works for me. Works yeah. for me. Cool. Uh, so, uh, cheap plugs, and then we can get out of here. You can find me on my other podcast, The Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network, which returns with a new season this week uh, with our interview. I'm going to go one-on-one with my buddy Dana DiLorenzo from Ash vs. Evil Dead. That's actually happening uh, tomorrow, Monday, so you you will see that pop up. Uh, but you can find that podcast as well as this one and all others on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com. Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online. The Facebook page for this podcast is Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And, of course, I want to plug our DC Primetime voicemail, which can be reached at one eight 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 two four seven five three eight zero. That number again, one eight 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 two four seven five three eight zero. toll-free in the U.S. and Canada. Give us a call, leave us a message, uh, and just tell us your thoughts. Yeah, and for me, you can always find me through the nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Group cast of pods. Uh, our musical episode is still out there. If you haven't got a chance to check that one out, we're in the process of getting ready to schedule the Ready Player One episode, uh, which I'm really looking forward to uh, doing. Me I think too. we're going to try to have that released about two weeks after the movie came out, give some people some time. And it falls under our normal two-week uh, discussion on that show as far as spoilers, So, uh, especially for a big film like that. So that'll be coming very, very soon. Uh, but also a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, we thank him each and every episode for him providing tunes to this wonderful podcast and with uh, his wonderful music now attached. So, Cool. Uh, so next week, as we mentioned, uh, penultimate of DC Legends of Tomorrow, we have Black Lightning continuing on and, of course, Arrow continuing on. Flash is going to be on break. But as Rob mentioned, we'll see if maybe next week we can fit some time to talk about the uh, the starting of Krypton and the final installment of Telltale Batman and maybe with it. Uh, but again, we hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed our little prank in the beginning. Uh, if you didn't, uh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun for us. Uh, but, you know, it was just a little bit of fun that we were having to tease all you guys. Hopefully you guys are still listening at this point and you didn't drop out like five minutes in thinking, what the hell am I listening to? Um, but, yeah, so enjoy your Easter if you do celebrate. If not, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.